And don't forget, if you have a wonderful God moment that you want to share with us so we can talk about it tomorrow in our Positively Different segment, please send those through as well because we'd love to hear how God is blessing you and making wonderful changes in your life. Absolutely. All right, so we did have a comment come through here. What were we talking about earlier? Lots of things. We've gone through so many stories this morning. We had the two positively different ones and the drugs and then the batteries and then we had the testimony by... We were talking about drugs and when we were talking about drugs... In a positive way, of course. Yes, it was a positive story about a lot of drugs that had been... Taken off the streets. ...on their way to Germany. Yes. 23 tonnes. 23 tonnes. Like, how do you even wrap your head around that? Can't even fathom it. Um, and, but we did talk about the history of drugs down through history and history under the influence. Correct. Um, and, of course, we were talking about um, Germany and Hitler and how he was uh, addicted to meth and how it sent him completely insane. It's a bit scary when you get somebody that powerful who goes that far insane. That that charismatic with that, mu- that many ideas and yeah. that much influence, losing it is just... Potentially, we can see it. We can see from the effects of World War Two. It's one of the most dangerous things that's ever happened in the world. Okay, we've got another, another, another guest coming through here. Words, words. Ah, oh, I love that guess because it's so close. <laughs> so <laughs> close, but it's not there. Well, it's yeah, it's Te- related. Technically, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's definitely related. Yeah, it is. It's not the it's word. Just, it's not, not the word we're not after. The, not the answer we're looking for. But it is pretty much spot on. Yeah, well, you can use words for lots of other things. This is true. Yeah. But keep them coming. Keep the guesses coming. Keep We're coming. Keep enjoying coming. this. Yep. Having fun here this morning. We hope you are too. All right. Oh, we've got another one through for beliefs. Ooh. See, all, all, oh, this one's related too. All these guesses, you can just bundle them up and put them inside the actual answer we want and go, except for probably, well, I don't know, kidneys and heart, I suppose it can be relevant in there. Heart is relevant. <laughs> Kidneys are not. <laughs> Kidneys are probably the only one that won't make it into the uh, into the actual answer that we're after. But if you take all those and pull it into something and put the clues Although together, the, the Bible does talk about um, your hearts and your ra- your heart and your reins, and I think the reins are kidneys, aren't they? There you go. So I have to double check that. Maybe somebody uh, out there in the listening community can double check uh, that passage that talks about the reins. We've got two. Maybe more we can find a, 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 a connection there. We've got a couple more. Yeah. Thoughts. Thoughts. And personalities. I like that personalities one. Yeah. I really do. So it all just goes into it again. <laughs> it does, it does. It's a big open box and we're slowly filling it and people are getting there. We're just not quite there yet. That's right. That's and right. remember, That's if you've been listening through the week, you might be able to pick up on why we're making this as a sort of influential quiz. That's right. It's got relevance to something we've talked about through this week. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow's will too. Got relevance to something that we talked about about five minutes ago. Today. Very, very true. I've even mentioned words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, this is pretty con- controversial. Uh, ooh, oh, this one, that's it, the, the gospel. The gospel. Let's hear it. No, no, this is a guess. Oh, the guess is a gospel. That's beautiful. But it's not the right answer. (laughs) Everybody, okay, so we've got the correct answer and everybody's just circling around it. They're kind of funneling in towards it. Yeah. Funneling in towards it. We just got tongue as another one as well. Keep going, guys. You're on the right track. (laughs) You are on the right track. You're all going to just kick yourselves when you get the answer. We got the brain and brain's another one. 
Uh, we're not there yet. No. We're not there yet. Good. It's good. That one, that one, the, the brain is a little bit uh, further out of that circle. Yeah. It's on the pathway. Like if it you're, is, if you're connecting is. all the dots together, it's, it's involved at some yeah. point. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. So it's a pretty <laughs> radical text I got through. Looking forward to it. We're talking about Hitler being on ice. Oh, look, I, I am the kind of guy that not necessarily in like a negative way of making people feel uncomfortable, but I like to shake the boat a little bit just to get people thinking. So hit me with it. Hitler was placed in power by the Vatican, funded by the Rothschild Bank. Whoa. <laughs> we not expecting that way. That's my kind of message. Okay, this is, uh, <laughs> this is from the book The History of the Jesuits by Avro Manhattan. Yep. And uh, historically, you know, that book has been around for a fair while right now and a lot of those claims have been – you know, more closely investigated since then. There is definitely a level of truth, and there mm. was a book that came out in 1999 called Hitler's Pope, um, and that one was written by um, John Cornwall, uh, where he investigated a lot of these claims and found that a lot of them were true, yep. but not all of them. And then since then, his book has been further investigated. In fact, he has further investigated the claims he made in that book, and once again, not all claims are true, but there's definitely a lot of um, evidence. There's a lot there. There is there a lot is, there. Yeah. Lots of photos of them together and lots of connections that can be made. So many connections. Yeah. And, you know, this is just part of the history of the past. And I guess, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's a bit funny. It's a very famous, it's a very popular thing to do today to link your uh, favourite enemy to Adolf Hitler. Yes. You know, and so if you are on the right of politics, you'll get lots of Hitler quotes and take them around and, and read them out. And what do you think of this? And people on the left will say, oh, we like that. And we're like, yeah, that was Adolf Hitler. It's like, oops. There's lots of, lots of <laughs> gotcha. fun YouTube, YouTube gotcha clips yeah. like that. And there's a bunch from the left as well. Yes. Um, targeting the right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things that... Um, I think it's really unnecessary, though, that whole shift to disagreeing with anybody that you don't particularly like and then labelling them as something like a Nazi, like considering what... It's not healthy. It's ridiculous. Just argue the point. Exactly. Yeah. Hit it, hit it with facts. But, you know, when, you, when we're talking about historical stuff, then the fact is that there were very strong links yeah. between the Nazis and the Vatican mm. at times. Uh, maybe not all of the ones that were claimed were there, but there was certainly a bunch that were there. Well, thank you, listener, for that text message. That's uh, right up my alley. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We need that uh, we, need to, we need to go to our Bible study. We need to read from Isaiah. And, you know, yesterday's Bible study was so good that um, we just didn't finish Isaiah chapter 44 and the prophecy about Cyrus. There are so many more things there that we need to talk about. Amen. So let's have a, head over to Isaiah chapter 44 and continue to look at Cyrus as being a type of Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show and we're into the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 44, 45, where we are looking at the prophecy of Cyrus. And yesterday we noted that when you look at the circumstance of the birth and the rise of Cyrus and how he came into power, you can see the hand of God. You can also see that this person became a type. Archetype. Of Jesus Christ. Yep. And so 
the question, and we're going to find more out more about out about that today as we go through today's Bible study. Um, there are some remarkable things in this passage. Uh, well, why don't we read? Uh, why don't you read for us Isaiah forty five from verse three through six? Let's read those passages there. All right, and the Bible says, and I'll give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by name when you did not know me? It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen. I am the Lord. There is no other God. I have equipped you for battle, though you don't even know me. So all the world from east to west will know there is no other God. I am the Lord and there is no other. Okay. So um, for all these people out there that are completely hanging out for the quiz, we just skipped it. It was like, the song's over. It's time for another clue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So far, so far as answers I've had, uh, influence, gospel, words, love, breath, soul, spirit, conscience. What have you had so far there? Memories, kidneys, breath, heart, eyes, brain, personality. Okay. Spirit just came through. Time for, uh, time for another. Okay, we've had that one already. Time for another clue. Time for another clue. Time for another clue. Okay, these describe God's involvement in our lives. Okay, these describe, or you could even say this describes. Yes. But this or these your, describe. Your personal this. Oh, <laughs> now describes. we're giving away clues. Oh, look, if they don't get on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be cranky with myself. <laughs> uh, fun times, guys. You're doing a great job, by the way. You've come up with some really, really good answers. I like that one, eyes. Yes. Giving away an eye can be inspiring. inspiring. Mm. If I had no eyes and you gave me one of your eyes, I think a lot of people would be inspired by that. 100%. All right. So um, we're loving right. these answers. We yeah, just want, absolutely. And they're, they're not necessarily incorrect. They're just not the one where we're doing like a teacher thing today. Yeah, look, you're right, but it's not the answer I'm after, so we'll keep going. That's right. Okay, so God comes to Cyrus and he says, I've named you. I have surnamed you, even though you did not know me. All right, why did I do that? Okay, this is why I did that. I did that so that you can know that I'm God. There is no one else. There is no other God. I'm the only one. I'm the only one who has the power to do this. What is God doing here? Why is God why is God presenting this message? How would you feel? What would go through your mind if you were Cyrus and you were presented with the book of Isaiah? Yeah, it'd be pretty full on, wouldn't it? Like particularly this passage right here. Well, yeah, you've got this circumstance where obviously, you know, God's saying, "Look, you don't know me, but I'm going to prove to you I am the only one." Cuz Cyrus has no idea. That's right. And so God's providing him with all of these amazing things in his life, providing him with all these prophecies that can be fulfilled, will will be fulfilled through him and giving him an understanding that God is all-powerful. Because, you know, we look at the ancient world and there are so many demigods and deities that are worshipped and looked at. And you look in Assyrian history and Babylon history, you Dagon the fish god and you've got Baal and you've got Molech and all these idols that are made of stone and wood and gold that are useless. God's providing the truth, saying, I am the only living God. I'm the only one that actually matters. I'm the only one that exists. Everything else doesn't matter. And I'm going to show you how with your life. Now, 
When Cyrus reads this, okay, so let's say that you're reading this prophecy. Let's say that you're Cyrus and, and, and Daniel comes to you with a copy of this prophecy and says, you know, did you know that 150 years ago that one of our Hebrew prophets uh, mentioned you and you sort of think, well, you know, there's this, this random guy who comes from a micronation somewhere down in the region of Palestine and he thinks that, you know, he has this God named Yahweh that is especially powerful, but, you know, I've kind of conquered a whole bunch of different gods from around the world. So, well, let's see what this God has to say and then he starts to read it and it's got your name in it. It says, Daniel, I've named you Daniel. Is that going to be convincing in and of itself? I'd just be frightened at the pressure of all that. Okay, but before <laughs> that, before that, how many other Daniels are there in the world right now? Oh, right now? Yes. Oh, too many. Too many besmirching my good name. I've locked up a whole bunch of them, and every time I do, I'm like, stop messing up the name, man. <laughs> okay, so there's a bunch of Daniels in the world. How does Cyrus know that this prophecy is specifically him? How does Cyrus know that this is he is the Cyrus? Well, you've got Rather to look than one of the a whole bunch of other Cyrus. So I know a lot of information. information. All the other information there is what's relevant because okay. you know you, you can't just tick off one point and go, "Well, that's clearly me." Yeah. If nothing else matches up, and so there's so much more that's available talking about it. And yeah, I don't know. It's it'd be something huge because, as we said before, he's got no idea about God being the the true living God, and so to have this thrust upon him, um, I suppose you'd be looking to your your magi to. Give you further information if you had the if you had the opportunity to, which is where the verses that come before this become very interesting because in the verses that come before this, the Bible calls him a shepherd. Yeah. Now to name a world emperor and to call him a shepherd, that's pretty bizarre. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. If I was Cyrus, I'd be like, "Ooh, how did that happen? 150 years ago." You're looking at this sort of lower class employment as a as a farmer as a shepherd. You know, when you look at King David, he was the shepherd out the back, and they're like, here's all, here's all the other Within boys. Within Hebrew culture, this makes sense. Yes. All of the Hebrew, all the Hebrew uh, um, heroes are shepherds. Moses. Yes. Yep. They but come not within Persian culture. <laughs> no, it'd be something not at all. Completely foreign. They'd be scratching their heads going, but hang on, no, he's just a, how can he be a shepherd and a king at the same time? Uh-huh. Because you, you take all, you know, what you were saying before, you take all the Cyruses, okay, he's all the Cyruses, okay, you're going to be a shepherd. Boom, you automatically eliminate a ton of them. But then notice this, the Bible goes on, thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand, hand I have held to subdue, subdue nations before him, I will loose the loins of kings, in other words, they'd wet themselves with fear, to open before him the two-leaved gates and the gates won't be shut. I'll go before you, make the crooked places straight. I'll break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the brass, uh, the, the, the bars of iron. I'll give you the treasures of darkness, etc., etc., etc. The Bible comes along and says, God, God says, I'm going to give you all this. And when you look at the history of Cyrus, this is exactly what happened. And, he, and, and Cyrus could read down through this and like, yep, 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 tick, 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 tick. Because Cyrus never intended to be a world emperor. Yes. Cyrus became a world emperor by accident. <laughs> Cyrus became a world emperor. Well, he became powerful when he was threatened by his grandfather. And it's amazing to see the circumstances <laughs> of events that led up to, like, you know, we talked about stuff yesterday and the day before. We, you can't, you couldn't write a story this clever. <coughs> you couldn't. So he's threatened by his grandfather, so he have to, has to defend himself, defeats his grandfather. He's threatened by the Lydians. He has to defend himself, defeats the Lydians. He's threatened by the Babylonians who formed an alliance with the Egyptians and the Lydians, and so he has to defeat the Babylonians. And 
because of all of these threats, he becomes the world emperor. And there's a lot of parallels there too with previous patriarchs in the Bible as well, where the odds are completely against them and God provides that power for them to just smash through. Yes. And so, so you can look at Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great fully intends to conquer the entire world. Yes. You know, he sails across to Asia. He, he, when, his, when his ship is nearing the, the land, he, he throws a spear onto Asia, claims it for Greece, jumps ashore as the first person. You know, he, he just went out to conquer the world. Yes. He was, you know, the, the world's ancient Adolf Hitler. And, but Cyrus sort of fell into it. <laughs> it came about by accident. He yes. was forced into it. What's interesting about Cyrus is that when he attacked Babylon, the gates were left open. Mm. And if you look at the story behind it, you know, they're crossing the Euphrates River, which is one of the great rivers in the world, and he lost his favourite horse. It was drowned in the river. And that sort of upset him deeply. He was upset with the river. River has <laughs> drowned his favourite horse. That's not a good thing. Uh, but according to uh, Herodotus, that started him thinking down a path of, what if I attack the river? And then he discovered how he could take Babylon because he could take Babylon by attacking the river. The river flowed through the middle of the city of Babylon and Cyrus could drain the river Euphrates and he could then march into the middle of Babylon but that wasn't the, you know, his problems weren't going to be over at that particular point. He still had to get through the gates. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Ezra chapter 1, let's read Ezra chapter 1, verse uh, 1 and 2, and let's read the words of Cyrus. These are some of the uh, few words of Cyrus that we have. Now, we have lots of, you know, well, uh, we have a bit of a record of Cyrus in relationship to various gods and so forth. But there is only one place where there is a record where Cyrus actually proclaims a God as God. And it's found right here. Ezra chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Verse 2 and 3. And the Bible says, This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you. Okay, so this is an interesting statement here where he definitely very strongly proclaims that God is God. Yep, he's, he's really on board. Yes, he's totally on board with this and he's like, okay, God has named me. He has called me to build him a temple in Jerusalem. Uh, he has prophesied how I would come to power. He has told me my whole history before I was born. Uh, so therefore I'm going to honour him, go back there and build a temple. And you you would get to it with all that pressure, all that that's happened. God putting this upon you, you'd be like, man, I'm getting this done 100%. You would. You would. We, uh, we mentioned earlier that the Bible says that the gates would be left open for Cyrus. This is exactly what happened when he took Babylon. He, the, the river Euphrates flowed through the, river, through the middle of the city of Babylon, but there were walls on either side of the river banks so that if you came down the river, you would be trapped in a kill box, basically. Yeah. Cyrus drained the river Euphrates. That's no small feat. That's no. one of the major world rivers. He drains it so that the river running through the city of Babylon actually dries up. Tactically brilliant. Yes. 
and he marches his army into that kill box. Now, he knows that it's a kill box, and so he does two more things that were tactically brilliant. One of them is that he does it at night. The second is that he does it on the night of a major Babylonian annual festival. So the god Marduk, they had this festival once a year. It was a major festival and he figured that uh, Belshazzar was on the inside and that he would not be skipping out on this festival and so everybody would be distracted. Mm. What he did not realise and he did not count on was that Belshazzar was feeling so secure that he'd left the internal gates open. <laughs> so he marches down un, down the river bed underneath the city walls that go over the top of the river into the kill box, there's nobody there defending it, and the gates are all open. Easy done. And takes the city that night. It was interesting because uh, in the ancient times when a nation took a city and pretty much happened every single time for thousands of years in the lead up to this is that the soldiers would then have free reign for uh, rape and pillage and it would take them days to rape and pillage a city like this. There's almost a, a status symbol at those times, like how much yes. carnage you could do against your enemies. That's right. Yep. And what happens here is that once they've taken, once they've secured the city and killed Belshazzar, Cyrus gives an order that everybody's to go home and to be at peace, and his soldiers are not to commit any, any atrocities. He gives an order that all of the citizens uh, who have weapons, that they are to turn in their weapons to the citadel. Anybody who is found with weapons the next day who will be killed, but apart from that, nobody will be molested. This is unheard of. Yep. And it was actually a major strategy that Cyrus used in taking uh, control of the world because he created this Persian deal and it was a very good deal. And he's like, we won't kill you if you surrender to us. We'll actually treat you really well. Yeah. Uh, if it was the Assyrians, they're like, yeah, we'll let 10% <laughs> of you survive. And that's a good deal. Anyway, um, once again, we find G uh, Cyrus as a type of Jesus Christ. This you're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have now come time for, we've finished our quiz, so we it have. is now time for... Question of the Day. All right, and today's question is something that's right up your alley, prophecy and Book of Daniel. Yes. You love that kind of stuff. Yes, yep. yes, yes, bring it on. Okay, so the question is, how do we know that the word time in Daniel 7.25, refers to a year. Okay, so Daniel 7.25, the Bible says, he will, he will speak great words against the Most High and wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and the dividing of time. So time, one, times, two, plural, two, dividing of time, half a time. So that equals three and a half times. Now, universally, uh, Bible commentators will say that this refers to a period of three and a half years. The question is, how do we actually know that? Are we just making that up out of the top of our head, or is there very, very good evidence for it? Uh, why do commentators all agree on this? So this is a really good question, and uh, I'm glad somebody has asked it. There are a number of things. First of all, the concept of using the word a time to symbolize a year is a very he common Hebrew thing to do. In fact, if you go back to Daniel chapter 4, you're going to find there a prophecy that reads like this. They shall drive you from men 
This is speaking about Nebuchadnezzar. Your living place will be with the beasts of the field. They will make you, make you eat grass like an ox and seven times will pass over you. So what does it mean that seven times pass over you? Well, it means that seven summers are going to pass over you. And so that's going to equate to seven years. They didn't have war clocks back yes. then. To- seven, seven cycles of the seasons are going to pass yeah. over you. So seven times will pass over you. And we know that Nebuchadnezzar went insane. The Bible says uh, for seven years, this wasn't seven days because it says he was driven from men. He ate grass as an ox. This is verse 33. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair was grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. He was suffering from clinical boanthropy, self-identifying as a cow uh, for a period of seven years. Then he regained his his sanity again. The other way that we know this, and this is an even more conclusive way, is that this prophecy is repeated in seven different places in the Bible. The exact same prophecy, the exact same time period. And every time it's repeated, the Bible uses slightly different language. Okay, so if you go to Daniel chapter 12, you will find it repeated alongside a related prophecy. In Daniel 12, the Bible says, And I heard a man uh, clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his hand to heaven, and his left hand, uh, and he swore by him that lives forever, that it should be for a time, times, and a half. So time, times, and a half. So there you've got that prophecy repeated. Go on a couple of verses. You have a a connected prophecy where it says, uh, where is it right here? Verse 11, And from the time that the daily sacrifice will be taken away and the abomination that makes desolate set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Now, 1,290 days is not three and a half years. But the 1290-day prophecy is connected to the three-and-a-half-year prophecy. If you then flick over to Revelation, where this prophecy is repeated like a whole bunch of times, here's what you're going to find. Uh, Let me see here. Which one will we go to? Let's go to, say, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 6. The woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. That's exactly three-and-a-half biblical years. Flick over to... Chapter 13 and verse uh, 5, the Bible says, There was given unto her mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, power was given unto him to continue 42 months, 1,260 days, three and a half years. These confirm that the time times and a half is adds up to three and a half years because of the same prophecy being repeated, different language, three and a half years. Simple as that. Numbers don't lie. They do not indeed. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.